I'm your host, Lisa Leach. Welcome to Cryptids Unlimited Podcast. Today I have a couple of people with me. Heather, who is one of our Bigfoot and female friends of the South. Um, she's here, and we're going to be speaking with John Vandeventer, who lives in, in Oklahoma. And he's a 16-year veteran of the Air Force. Um, he's wrote his first novel, Relics, back in 2017. And now he's a full-time author. He has two complete series, Relics, the adult fiction. Um, there's three parts to that. And then the Shadow Chasers, the young adult fiction series. So he's really kicking it. And I'm going to let him go ahead and tell you where he can you can find him. And then we'll kick off the show. Welcome to the show, John and Heather. Hey. Thank you, ladies. Hello, Thank everybody. you for having me on. I'm glad you find. I'm glad you finally decided to come on the show. <laughs> well, all it took was an invitation. <laughs> um, if, if you wanted me to get the info on my books out, so we get that out of the way. Yeah, um, you can find my books at www.relicsbooksingular.com, and I'm also on Amazon. And thank you for the intro. Yes, I have a series, basic. Uh, Based mainly on Bigfoot, the first three book series, but I throw some other stuff in there to make keep the excitement up. And uh, and then the youth series, which 
I'm getting as many adult fans on my youth series as, as I am getting you. So, um, and it's called The Shadow Chasers, and I'm about to release a another book. It's kind of a standalone, but I think it's going to end up being a series too because I've had to use some of the relics characters in it. And it's called the channeling, and it's different. It's way different. It's not Bigfoot based. It's more of a UFO story. So, oh, cool. I yeah. appreciate you letting me make a plug, and thank you for having me on. I had heard that you were uh, working on a book, something about the channeling or something like that. So, yeah, I'm anxious. Yes, very exciting. Yes. Well, thank you. John's books are are fiction, but based on uh, real stuff, right, John? Yeah, what I did, um, I, you know, I never intended to be an author. It was never on my radar at all. And a friend kind of talked me into doing a Bigfoot short story. And it's kind of a long story, but um, he couldn't participate. He started. And then my sister encouraged me to keep going with the story. Sorry, I'm making a cup of coffee and it's welching here. And um, so I decided, okay, if I'm going to do this, I, I, I was always a UFO guy since I was a little kid. I was always interested in UFOs. And I always thought Bigfoot was a, a neat subject, you know, but I didn't know anything about it. So, man, I just went on a crash course on Bigfoot, and it took about two and a half years to write the first novel. And, you know, I started listening to things like Sasquatch Chronicles and um, uh, guys like uh, Lance Lance Hightower. He used to have a, a different show. I started listening to that, but... Anything I could find on, I was listening to anything I could read. I read I read uh, David Polite's uh, Tribal Bigfoot and the Hoopa Project, and then I ran across his Missing 411 stuff, yeah. and so I kind of added that element into the very first book, and and what I did was I, uh, I just researched sightings, encounters, and I took you know, I took I took the things that people had witnessed and the behaviors people had seen and things like that, and I used them in the book, um, in the first book. And it, it was a big book because I wanted to include anything, everything. You know, I had the, the men in black, the government cover-ups, military operations, things like that, and it ended up being a huge book. Now, it is big, but, you know, I have people that will text me and say, hey, man, I read your book in like three nights, and... You know, I'm appreciative of that. And then, um, you know, my sister and some others were encouraging me to write a sequel. And I thought, well, I'll just make it a trilogy. So I managed to tie in the Bigfoot UFO experience kind of a little bit together. You know, I don't have I don't have Sasquatch flying flying saucers or anything, but I make a connection and, and carry the story on through three books. So it's been a lot of fun writing it and I've learned a lot. And it's been exciting, you know, to kind of be part of the Bigfoot community. And, you know, I've had the chance to meet like Ron Moorhead, Scott Nelson, um MK Davis, uh Lyle Blackburn, Ken Gerhardt, and people like that. So it's been really exciting. I've enjoyed it. Yeah, you yeah. made a lot of great people. We've, yeah. Yeah, we, since we've started doing this, we've met so many interesting people. Uh, um, it's just crazy with the same mindset and ideas as you have. It's been, right. It's been pretty cool. Well, you know, there's some really, uh, really interesting 
reports and sightings and you know i've gone out in the field a few times um now that i live here in honubby you know to go out in the field i just walk out my door <laughs> so yeah. that's kind of nice but um i've been to arkansas <laughs> done, done the bean river in texas did brown springs so it, it's been fun to get out and stuff but now that i'm you know i quit my day job and i'm writing full-time I don't get out as much because, you know, kind of strapped to the computer trying to pound out books. So, Oh, yeah. Um, I kind of quit my day job for this. So, <laughs> Well, you know it. what? It, that, it's a leap of faith, and um, it, it's, it, it's exciting to do, but it's also a little scary. So, um, yeah, it, it takes a lot of work. People think you can just jump into a podcast and just start podcasting, but no, you got to. Uh, we you know, know it, it's funny, too, when you become your own boss. I figured out I don't like this bus any more than I like the other ones. Because <laughs> I'm all, hey, you should be writing right now. I, yeah, I know, but there's a flat to fix or a yard to mow. Well, you should be writing. So, and I'm one of those people too. If I got something I got that needs to be done, like the other day I was sitting here working on the book and I glanced up from the window and I'm looking at the grass. I'm like, I am not going to be able to write till I mow that grass. <laughs> so how do you do your writing? Do you sit down in front of a computer or you do it by voice recording or what do you do? I type it in on, on the computer. Um, and it, it's funny how fast I can type now. <laughs> I remember I never took typing or anything like that. Now, if I had to use a typewriter, oh, man, I don't know how people used to do it. Uh, it would take me forever. But, I, you know, I and I learned, you know, like the first book, there's quite a few typos because, you know, I didn't I didn't understand the editing process that well. And. And I'll just admit it to you, you know, I slept a lot during English class coming through high school. So, <laughs> but I'm learning, you know, each book gets better, you know, it's better quality. And, um, and now, you know, I've, I've got a system down where I, you know, I type it, I do my own editing now since I can't afford one. And, <laughs> and, but I've used stuff like Grammarly and then I go back and I listen to the book and then read at the same time. And that's helped a lot. Yeah. And, you know, like I had to learn not to write in a passive sense and not to write like I talk, you know, and, and that's a little challenging, but it, it's coming together good. It's been fun. You know, it's okay. been a learning experience. So, well, you know, I just dove into the writing a book thing and I actually wrote a book and it's currently still being published. But, um, I discovered well, congratulations. That's a big thing. That's a big yeah, thing. Thank you. It's called a product of Bigfoot. And it's, you know, just about how it's an autobiography about how I became who I am, you know, and it was because of a sighting with Bigfoot when I was a kid. And, you know, I guess that left me more open minded than most people. Right. Yeah. Well, you know, and that's how this all came about for me was the friend I had that wanted me to write the story in the first place. He had had a sighting in Florida. And I was remember when he told me about it, I was really shocked because I thought they were all in the Pacific Northwest. I didn't know anything about it. In fact, to tell you how ignorant I am, I was of the, of the issue, probably still am like I am because I don't believe they're in experts in Bigfoot. I think, you know, we won't know until we know until we have one to look at. But um. But yeah, but I uh, I remember when I was a kid, the Legend of Boggy Creek came out. I think it was about eleven or twelve, and I watched it. 
And, you know, all these years, and still I started re researching the right relic, my first book, <laughs> I didn't even associate Boggy Creek with Sasquatch. You know, I just thought it was some kind of swamp monster, never really thought about it. It was just an interesting movie when I was young. And then when I started researching for the books, I was like, oh, okay, that makes sense now. So, <laughs> yeah, and that's the way we thought about it, too. And our family was, you know, not living very far from Falk, Arkansas at the time, but we didn't even watch the movie till later. We were country pumpkins. We didn't, yeah. we didn't have a theater. But, you know, when I finally did watch it, I still thought it was just a, a movie about a monster in Falk, Arkansas. And then later in life, I discovered, oh, that's a true story. And that's not far from, you know, where my family had their right. experiences. So I was like, oh, okay. Now well, that makes sense. Yeah, and it's yeah. funny. When I used the... Uh, when I started looking for a location for my novels, um, I ran across episode 11 of Sasquatch Chronicles, C.J. Honubi. And um, I started figuring out, well, man, that's not far away, you know. So I was like, well, I'll use that. And I came down and looked around. And I said, well, I need a police department, this and that. So I ended up using Tallahena. And, uh, but I never knew this stuff was down here. And then funny thing, um, after I wrote the, the uh, first edition of Relics, I... I use Pam's Hateful Hussy Diner as a scene a lot. And that's an actual diner in Tallahena. And Pam really exists. I have and I'd asked her permission to use the restaurant as a scene, in, you know, in the book. And so I took her book and we were driving back and we came back from here and we stopped this little overlook about a mile from the house here up on the mountain. And just thought, wow, how beautiful this and that. And the company I was working for at the time, I was a copier tech and we picked up all the, Choctaw um, casinos, all their printer and copier service. So we were coming up here to fix them, you know, the text, and we all lived in Texas. So it was quite a drive. And I happened to just hear uh, the president talking to the service manager saying, We need a tech in Oklahoma. And I just came to a dead stop and said, Well, I'll move up there, you know, because <laughs> I fell in love with it up here. So that's how I ended up in Honubi in 2018. And, and it was in the heart of the Bigfoot. Yeah, yeah, it's absolutely. Yeah, it was a good move. Funny thing too, um, I think the picture was in my the first edition of Relics, and now I think it's in the uh, it's in Relics to the Hanobi uh, remnant. There's a picture of me standing by the little sign out here that says uh, "Indian Highway, home of Bigfoot." You guys probably saw it when you were through yes. here. Yes, and it was New <laughs> we Year's saw Eve. a lot. We, we yeah, saw yeah. a lot right this year. Well, it was uh, actually 2016 when I had the photo taken of me by the sign because I was going to use it for the author's page. And I had no idea that 18 months later, I'd be living 500 feet from that sign. So it's, it's just weird how things work out, you know. Well, Heather's referring to what we saw a lot of. Um, we called you once when we were up there and asked you about going up on this old trail up on the mountain. Yeah. And you you told us not to do it. <laughs> yeah. And we <laughs> we went up there anyway. And typical women. <laughs> we did not listen at all. I'm gonna let Heather tell a little bit of this story to you. Yeah, I want to hear it. Hey. Uh, yeah, we were sitting there, and after we talked to you, and I and I was talking to Lisa, I was like, I don't know, Lisa. He said we probably shouldn't do it, and she was like. He's just underestimating us, I think. He just thinks we're a bunch of dumb women. 
<laughs> and I was like, are you sure? She's like, yeah, let's do it. <laughs> so, Hold my beer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So we do it. And by the time I'm like, man, I think we should turn around. There is nowhere to turn around. <laughs> yeah. It's, a, it's either go forward or try to back back down. And that wasn't happening either. No, it was, it was, uh, we said we do, we do not want to go back the way we came. If there's any other way off this mountain, we're looking for it. <laughs> yes. Yes. And I, and I really thinking back on that now, uh, I don't know why I was so unnerved about being up there that night. Yeah. Um, cause we had everything we needed. Yeah. If we were going to spend the night or if it was going to get dark, we had everything. Um, it wasn't until we, we were coming down and I told Lisa, I said, oh, I feel that everybody's praying for us. We had just come down off of the ridge of uh, up there on the mountain. To the good, bad, bro. Uh, coming back down. Yes. And I got chills really bad on the back of my neck, like electricity. And I yeah. told Lisa, I was like, oh, the ladies, they're praying for, you know, safety, come back down or whatever. And it, the next day we were at the museum and this man came in, he was a Choctaw man. And he would, I listened to this man talk for three hours about his lifelong experiences. And, and he said he knew, he, uh, he, he knew when they were around because he could feel it. And I, that kind of piqued my interest. And I was like, well, what did it feel like? And he described the exact same feeling I had on the top of that mountain. <laughs> you know? Is that right? Like. Uh, it was spooky up there in that area. Well, I bet it was. Now, see, yeah. when you guys called me about that, I was thinking you were looking for a pass, a shortcut from, like, here across to Highway 62, where you didn't have to go all the way out to 50, 259 or get on and so, yeah. yeah, that's what I meant by don't Google. go, but I didn't know you were going to go Google was taking us. <laughs> yeah. Google yeah. Us. Google showed us a road uh, that went from Muse to Honubi. Yeah. Or wasn't, it, wasn't it, Lisa? Yeah, straight from uh, and it, Mountain. Yeah, it said it was a public road. Yeah. There was well, I wonder if there's a bridge yeah. when you get to the Kaimichi River because you would have had to cross the river. We didn't make too. it to the river. Yeah. We, we, did we didn't make it to the river. We went across the first bridge, but then we got up to the yeah. top of the mountain and the road turned into not even a road. No, I don't even think it was big enough for a side by side to be riding up there. And we were no. you know, trying to fall off the side. So we were terrified. And yeah. then we finally got stuck up there and couldn't get out. And that was, I think, what unnerved. I had to make a road. Yeah, she literally <laughs> had to make a road to get us out of there. But we had to come back down the same way we went up. And we were like, we should listen to John. We didn't listen to John. He knows this area. Yeah. Hang on. I want to record what you just said to play to everybody. <laughs> <laughs> well, you, you know what's funny? I was like, you get on these roads and they just kind of disappear. Some of them, like, like you said. Um, and really, I didn't, I just was kind of erring on the side of caution. I didn't want to send you down some road and have what happened happen. So, you know, but, if, you know, well, if, you wanna, if, if you bring it on yourself, that's, you know, you do. But look, you guys made it. You had an adventure. So it was a good time not to listen yeah, to John. We, 
but you know, we started, we did. And, uh, when we were up there, we started to call you and we looked at each other and we said, do we want to tell him we did it after he said, don't. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, no, no, we're not calling him. (laughs) Is it somebody else we can call? (laughs) Well, yeah. Yeah. Luckily we got back down. It was just scary. It was a sketchy road. Luckily the the Toyota. Yeah, if you were in real trouble, the call Toyota did it job. Yeah. yeah, they were telling us that they couldn't get to us and that we were going to have to be helicoptered out. And we were like, oh, no. <laughs> and then pay the bill for the helicopter. I was like, um, <laughs> yeah, yeah <laughs> I'm not leaving my truck up here. Absolutely not. But, yeah, we should have listened yeah. to you. W- well, I think I was coming back. <laughs> You know what? Though, it, it, looking back on it now, you have an adventure to talk about, so it was worth it. And you know you what? Know. If I had put my life in Heather's hands, it she was de- She did a great job. <laughs> Even though we were up there for like it's definitely hours. a bonding experience. We yes, it was. We were up there for like five and a half hours, and I think were we you were, really? Yeah, and I think what Heather, we might have went. Yes, <laughs> it was pretty cold that weekend, wasn't it? It was twelve. It was, t- we went 12 miles in five and a half hours wow. total. <laughs> yeah. And that was six miles there yeah. and six miles back. So, right. yeah, we didn't do very yeah. well. We never made it to <laughs> either. So. Hey, I mean, I was in double, four, double four low crawl. <laughs> huh? I said, yeah. you know, anybody else has gotten up there and gotten back. So, you know, you got bragging rights. I bet, I bet nobody has. Not mm-hmm. in a not in a truck like we were in a vehicle. Not in a truck. No, on four wheeler maybe. Yeah. Probably. Yeah. But not in a big four wheel drive truck like Heather's that we were in. So we were really looking yeah. around. I had to. I had to. I had to pull trees out of the way. I mean, freshly. Right. There was another part of it. There was large, freshly broken trees. And we know um, at a couple means. points. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah. It was so These quiet. are like six inch pine trees too. Yeah. Um yeah. I, I moved rocks the size of ice chest. Um yeah, it was nuts. Yeah, it was really quiet. It was really spooky up there. And I really wouldn't have wanted to spend the night up there. I really wouldn't because yeah. there ain't, there's nothing up there. Uh uh-uh, uh except probably Bigfoot, you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. And I wouldn't want to be stuck up there with no way to get out. If yeah. Well, you know, my only concern, my biggest concern about being up there would, um, you know, yeah, you, you know, the you, you want to think Bigfoot. That's the thing that comes to your mind first. But, you know, it's the big cats and things like that, you know, like the, yeah. the big cats are what give me the creeps because you could walk right by one night, wouldn't even know it's there, you know. So. Yeah. Or they'll jump down on you from a, yeah. you know, and yeah, I knew about the, the big cats. Yeah, this was, uh, this place hadn't seen a person in a good bit either. No, because um, <laughs> and like I said, we had yeah. everything we could have possibly needed. Everything. I even had it. There was even a chainsaw in the truck. Yeah. We oh, were, really? um, yeah. I mean, we had food, we had water, we had gas. Um, I had everything. We had firewood, what was left of it that made it up there and back there. Um, yeah. We passed a lot of it on the way back. I mean, that didn't make it. But, and I, 
I'm not easily rattled at all, but I was very uncomfortable about having to stay up there. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And I, I'm very, very experienced about, you know, being out in the middle of nowhere. Um, now I'm a Louisiana girl. I'm not used to mountains and stuff. <laughs> well, you but, know, I would uh, be more comfortable in these mountains than I would be in one of your swamps down in Louisiana. Know, right? Yeah, me too. Yeah. But I lived yeah, up there. I, I would have been. So <laughs> I would have been at home on a lily pad out in the middle of the lake somewhere more than up on the top of that mountain. You know? <laughs> Well, I had to learn that when I was living up there in Maine, Arkansas for 12 years. I'd take off down a road and go off through a mud puddle, and, and I always knew there were rocks on the bottom, but moving back down here, I had to learn, you, you do get stuck. Yeah. <laughs> and well, I got you know, to go, ahead, I gotta go three hours north to see a rock. Oh, Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I gotta, you know, it's, I gotta it's go. Funny. I gotta go three hours north to see a natural rock anywhere. <laughs> I have to dig big rocks up every spring here because they push up from underground, and my mower hits them. And so, yeah, before I can even start mowing every year, I have to dig up, you know, at least ten to fifteen rocks that have pushed up, and they make good flower bed borders. Yeah. They're big and heavy, and yeah. Well, it's funny, I, I. Yeah thought about i for a little bit i entertained the idea of using falc as a setting for relics but the kicker was falc's kind of swampy honobie's hilly and mountainous so i chose the mountains over the swamp oh yeah it's so much more beautiful there yeah well you know swamp has its charm no, i but... love the mountains <laughs> i love the mountains i want to that's where i plan on retiring back up there in talhena yeah i'll and that's another thing. I'm in love with the mountains, but up there, I did not want to stay. Really? Not on yeah. top of that one, no. Yeah. No. That one was spooky. It was really quiet, and it felt funny. You know, it, it felt... Well, it, it felt like we were eyes everywhere is what it yeah. felt like. It, yeah. Yeah, it was. And the thought, the thought of spending a night there to me was like, uh, no. Well, you know... Yeah, it, it's funny. I don't get that creepy feeling in in this area. Now I did in Longpool, Arkansas. Every time I'm up there, I get it bad, and I didn't get it in Brown Springs, and supposedly that's a real hot, active area. And I didn't get it along Sabine River. Brown Springs used to be, but it's not anymore. I've been to. Brown Is that right? Yeah. Yeah. Well, have... last time I was there was 2018. So. Oh yeah. So it's yeah. I think I was there before then. And it used to be really a really good spot, but now it's just they have like s civilized it too much. Yeah, yeah. Well, there, there, there seems to be a lot of people hanging out out there too now. Yeah. You know. Too many people know about it, and when that's why I try to keep our area secret because once somebody finds out about the hot spot, everybody wants to go there, and then that you know that just kills it for you. Right. Yeah. So, um, yeah, you guys go out fairly often, don't you? I remember, I'm, you know, I see um, pretty regularly. I see pictures of you guys all together on Facebook. Well, we were up this year, um, which was our second, my second visit. Uh, we stayed seven days um, in the Washtenaw National Forest. Uh, and did, I brought the side-by-side -side and uh, Lisa and I and the dog, we did a lot of 
we covered a lot, a lot of ground on the side by side. Over three hundred. Uh, we had a blast. Yeah. Yeah. Um, we also attended the conference there. That's, yeah. Yeah. At the museum in town. We we rode over three hundred. Was three hundred something miles. Three hundred twenty-seven. Yeah. So. In the we had a good time. We did. But yeah, we do yeah. try to go out at when it normal times. We go out at least once a month, sometimes more. But it's been summer for the last couple of months. It's like you walk out and you start melting. So we haven't been out. Right. We're about to go to Alabama uh, next week. And we've been planning this thing for like a year now. And we haven't been able to go every time. And so this time yeah. we're doing it. And it's a really good spot. I don't know if you remember Britta from our group. But she owns land there. It's been in her family for years. And they have had a lot of activity there. And even the people that have been watching the place while they've been away have talked about those things in the edge of the woods, you know, that they leave them alone and, and they don't bother them. So, you know, we're going to find out what's in the edge of the woods. And I think this is going to be really interesting. And I plan on going live while we're there. So it's going to be a live podcast and I hope it's going to be really good. Well, it ought to be. You guys, um, have you run across any evidence while you were up here or any of your other places? Okay. Have any encounters? Oh. Tell him what you saw. Should we, should we tell him about the last visit? Yeah. I don't it's funny you, you should ask. I don't even know if I should yeah, I want you to tell say the location, but it's a uh, very... It's, say it was somewhere around Hanobi area. Uh, very... Yeah. Uh, close proximity to your home john um i would say within a mile yes yeah. or two of your yeah. house but we were coming um down yep. a road right. and it the road uh we were on happened to curve down um as we were coming into a left-hand turn <laughs> So there was there was mountain on the left side, right, and then there was a little embankment on the right, and then it went straight down the mountain. Um, it was me and Lisa and the dog, and um, as soon as I could see the left side of the road in that curve, I saw brush movement, and it shot across the road, up it and over that little embankment, and was gone. I mean, um, but what I saw, um, immediately when I saw it, it looked like a chimpanzee, but it was reddish brown and yeah. tan. Now, you know how a, uh, have you ever seen a, like a monkey or a chimpanzee run, right, um, yeah. where they keep all their limbs tucked? Yes. Where they keep all their limbs tucked together and they're on all fours? Yeah. Um, it was going, so at the angle, it was going away from me, and that's, all I could see was its back, and that's exactly what it looked like. The size, maybe 60, 50, 60 pounds, reddish brown with light tan between its shoulders, and, and this was the middle of the day. This was 1230, and uh, sun high in the sky, and I could see the sun gl glinting off of his hair, and the hair was about four, four to six inches long. And it was very shiny and clean, uh, not matted. Um, yeah. <laughs> and I said, when I saw it, all I could, I mean, I, 
I yeah. went off the gas. I didn't hit the brakes. Uh, my mouth is wide open. And I, and I was like, Lisa like, was like, that? what? And I said, what was that? And uh, she was digging in, in her bag for something, looking down. Missed it. Of course, me and the dog are both like sitting there with their mouths open and looking at the side of the road. And as I eased by, she was like, well, let's get out and look. And I sat there for a minute and immediately I just had this feeling like whatever I saw was not a full grown. No, but she said it was you know, about four foot tall on all fours. So that's pretty big, really. Yes. Yeah. But I felt like um, I was looking back up to where it came from, like there's a mother somewhere, whatever that was, and I'm not going to chase it, you know. Yeah. Well, you know, so that, we kept that's, on. Uh, that's discernment, and you have it for a reason. So that was good thinking, you know. Mm -hmm. I did um, sitting there, turn around, turn around, and Heather's going, uh, <laughs> no. <laughs> I just said, uh, no. I just said no and just kept on. But that's because I didn't even think about the aspect of mom being around and she was smart enough to think of that. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, the the one I one I yeah, saw. Yeah, because my brain I, was I, rolling a mile a minute. I guess they they run funny here because the one I saw, nobody when I tell people what I saw, they're like, No, that can't be. And I'm like, Well, yeah. Um I saw one in August of 2018. In fact, it was two days after I came back from my last trip to Brown Springs. And I was walking outside. I was outside looking at Mars. It was really prominent that summer. And I came around my wife's car and I set off the motion detector, turns the lights on in the carport. And I was looking up, lights went on in the carport and my eyes saw movement. And I owned like a little acre across the road from us. And I saw this thing just booking from left left to right and it went about 80 yards i had it in view and it it, it was big it, you know it wasn't like massive but I, at first i was like well it's only about six foot tall but i remember going the next day out there and looking at the trees and stuff which was around so it was at least seven foot tall but it never pumped its arms while it was running and i've never seen anything move that fast and it ran on two legs and never pumped its arms and they, huh. it just gave it the weirdest, you know, it was, It looked like it was surfing. It was like the upper yeah. body stayed rigid and yeah. just the legs were moving. And the funny thing, you mentioned the trees. You found the trees blocking the road. Yes. Um, my sister uh. passed away later that year in, in uh, December. And my wife and I, we left here about four in the morning. We were going to Arkansas to her funeral. And we're going up the mountain toward Tallahena, and it was really foggy. I could only do like five to ten miles an hour. That's the worst fog I'd ever seen up there. And we come around to be, you know where that real sharp U is on the road between Tallahena and, and Honabi on that mountain? There's like a really big horseshoe turn. Well, about a half mile from it, it looked, I just saw this thing standing like nearly on the road. And the fog was so thick, it, like it took two steps back and it was gone. And I wasn't sure I saw it. And I asked my wife, I said, did you see that? And she said, see what? And I said, well, no. I said, I, I may have just saw Sasquatch. It, it sure looked like one, but I can't say for sure. But funny thing, then um, I know exactly where that spot is. And there's a four, there's a side-by-side -side four-wheeler trail going up the mountain there. And earlier this spring i was going down the mountain i looked over at that spot because i was thinking about what i saw there and there's a tree broken and bent over blocking that trail 
up the thing. So it's funny when you mentioned your broken trees, it reminded me of that. Yeah. Doesn't like the coming up there, apparently. Yeah. But you know the way you just described that. Yeah. I've heard and, that before from a lot of people that say it's almost like they're moonwalking or something. Yeah, it, there was just it did pump its arms. The last glimpse I got of it, it pumped its arms because it leapt over something. It left over a pile of rocks and logs that are out there, and it pumped its arms when it did that. But previous to that, the arms were it just looked like a surfer's stance. It's kind of had its arms out and in front of it a little bit. Oh wow! Yeah, that's pretty cool. I could tell. I could tell this thing was um, even though it was going away, and all I could see was its back. And uh, all its limbs were tucked in front of it, away from me. But yeah. when it went up the little embankment before it went, like straight away for the mountain, you could see the 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 vegetation, like it was grabbing vegetation as it went. The way yeah, it moved, the way the vegetation was moving yeah. as it went over that. Yeah, well, that's pretty cool. Yeah, it was uh it was interesting, yes. It was an interesting trip. We had a couple other... I mean, I, I, the detail of the hair was uh, pretty telling. Well, that you know, that's cool that you had a um, broad daylight sighting so you could get color and this and that. Um, mine was actually... It was dark, mm -hmm. but it was silhouetted. There's a Choctaw church across from the property there, and they have the big vapor lights, and it was silhouetted against that, and I could see it. And I couldn't make out any color, but I just got this sense that it was gray. I don't know. Maybe it was light reflecting off the hair or something. I'm not sure. But, um, I, yeah, I basically uh -huh. got a silhouette more than anything. So It could have been gray or, or white. My mother had a well, it was, gray one once. So, you know, they were out there. It was, it was very close to there, John, that we saw that. Really? Well, very close we, to that area. Yeah. yeah. Well, you may have been down by, yep. you know, the uh, the house from Sija Honubi is like two miles from here in a straight line. I think if you drive, it's probably closer to four because of the roads. But um, I need you to show me where that is one day. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I, I want to locate that spot just for my own curiosity, because when I was on Bigfootville, um, yeah. they had my story. But behind me, you know how they do the showing a scenery as you're talking they were showing the scenery of that house and I kind of got in trouble for trespassing and I'd never been there before so I just kind of want to know where the house is now <laughs> yeah well I'll, yeah I'll be glad to show you it's um you know it's it's just a house right. <laughs> you yeah. know it's got it, you know it's got the you, you know the story behind it. it's pretty cool and I okay. think it's different from when they lived there um, you know, yeah. back in early 2000, um, I think it got damaged by a tornado and they did a little rebuilding on it. And um, Yeah, nothing so, stays the same very long, so I'm sure. No, it doesn't. It yeah. doesn't at all. Yeah, and then Bigfoot don't stay in one area forever either, so, you know. No, it, yeah, it's funny. Um, like, there for a while, there was a lot of stuff happening around here, and it's been quiet for a couple of years now. You know, you just kind of forget about it. Well, that um, was just last, last uh, what, April, Heather, when we were up there? Yeah. Yeah, that was just last Yeah, for April. the conference. Uh, and she, yeah, when she had her sighting. I see, yeah. Yeah, so yeah matter of cool. fact, we skipped that. That was 
we skipped the Sunday conference part of it, and that's what we were doing. Oh, is that right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, <April>. yeah. <laughs> what conference were you guys at? At the um, Tallahassee. At Tanya's. Oh, okay. Well, that was, wasn't it May? That was late May. I it think. might have been May. I might yeah. be wrong. A April. Yeah, May. Yeah. May. May, yeah. That's when it was. It was May this year. We stayed up there. We camped the entire week, uh, seven, like seven. we were up there for like seven days before uh -huh. the conference. So. Yeah, yeah, so we we had time to, I don't think it was our last day up there, though, that you finally had. We had all kind of, we had other interesting things happen. I mean, that was the most yeah. exciting, but at camp, we had interesting things happen. Yeah, we had some yeah. sounds and yeah, oh. that's rock stacked. Rocks stacked up while we were sleeping. Oh, sleeping. really? Yeah. Huh. And we had heard a big thump. Yeah. We thought maybe it was a, a, I guess we thought it was a big limb that fell out of a tree or something. You know, we didn't know what it was. We, but Heather looked at me and she said, um, she'll shine the light behind me because it was behind her. And when I shined it, I didn't see anything. But then we decided to retreat to our tents that for the night and because that sounded big whatever it was you know and we're like we don't want yeah. to touch it. so we went to our tent yeah it was either a giant dead limb that i didn't hear break or a rock right. uh and dropped straight down you know i, I think it was and, and i felt it yeah it thumped you could feel the thump yeah but yeah and i was like i found a i was rock like this is the latest we stayed up with i think we should go to bed <laughs> <laughs> but that next morning there was a rock stack right out like 10 foot behind my tent out toward the road and it oh, been, no kidding. yeah it hadn't been there the day before because we had looked yep. all around that area mm -hmm. and it was a really big rock on the bottom and then we I, rode by there like twice every day yeah and then you know a, a medium-sized rock in the middle the one on the bottom was too heavy to for both of us to lift it was a big rock it was a big flat rock the one in the middle was a heavy rock, but, you know, we either one of us could have picked it up. And then there was right. a little bitty, tiny, like, golf ball-sized rock on the top. Uh -huh. When I kicked the bottom rock with my foot, it wasn't sitting, you know, on a flat spot. It was over the hangover of the edge of the rut of the road, and it yeah. just went down, you know. And that's when I noticed that the, the grass under it wasn't dead, and I said, I knew this rock stack had not been here yesterday. And this is proof because there's no indention under this rock. But you could see right over to the left about two feet where the medium-sized rock had been moved from and stuck on top of the big rock because you could put that rock back in there perfectly, you know. I'll be done. So it was pretty cool waking up finding that, you know. We were like, but that was a little too close to our camp. And so our camp consisted of... So our camp was it, it was just me, uh, and Lisa and my little dog. Yeah. And so so that's what was interesting about those three rocks. Yes. Yeah. She, she made the connection to three because the two rocks and then the little bitty went on top for the. You little all dog. got a rock. Okay. Which one <laughs> of you lived in Mina? Was it Heather or Lisa? Who lived in Mina? Lisa. Yeah. Lisa, did you ever go to the board camp Crystal Mine while you were there? Um, I went past it. I never actually went to it. I didn't uh -huh. even know about it when I was living there. I found out about it after I'd already moved to Oklahoma. And yeah, uh, yeah, I'd heard about it, and I also heard about the um, 
the pyramids that are out there, but I've never seen them either. Well, I haven't found the pyramids. <laughs> I didn't know anything about them. There are some pyramids that are there um, around the board camp area. Um, I can't remember where exactly they are. I'd have to look it up again. But mm -hmm. I found out about those after I had already moved away, too. So I never got to see those. Well, that's kind of cool. Yeah, it, it'd be huh. interesting. Thing well, don't feel bad. You're, you're talking to a guy who was stationed in Arizona for nine years and never saw the Grand Canyon. So <laughs> I, don't I guess he's not bad. making it to the church tonight. <laughs> the Grand Canyon's a lot bigger, so I don't feel so bad. <laughs> yeah, but it's way up in the other corner. <laughs> and you know what's bad is I lived in Nunley, which was right next to Port Camp. So I didn't have any excuses. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I didn't know, you know. Well, I know, you know, I went I went there and spent the night there last year, and it was pretty interesting, but the most interesting thing I found was the longest track line I've ever seen of, of Bigfoot-type track, because usually if I find, you know, what looks to be a Bigfoot track, it's been weird. It, there's like one, maybe two, yeah. and you're like, well, what happened here? Where's the rest of it? And this one, there was a good track line going down this steep hill. And uh, that's the only time I've seen anything like that was at the crystal mine there. Yeah. And, you know, it's so hard to find tracks up there in that yes, area. It really it's is. Rocky ground. You just, when I was looking around that area, I used to go out to the Shady Lake area a lot. And you just, you know, unless you found a mud hole or, you know, something you could right. find tracks. <laughs> They're just. Yeah. Well, yeah, I've only, there's only been one track I've found around, and I didn't find it. Actually, my wife found it a couple of years ago, about four miles from here, and there was just one track, but it was, it was, just happened to be where there was some soft sand, and yeah. it had been raining or whatever, so, um, and Noel, no, I, I, I take that back. I ran it, I had a, I found a track up on a mountain about 10 miles to my south from here, so. I did find one up there as well. Came across it by accident. I wasn't looking and just there it was. Yeah, that's what always happens. You end up just coming across them somewhere. Yeah. And, you know, it's funny um, how people will say, well, we've, this we've that, found some pretty good ones. We uh, have found some good ones looking for them. But uh, yeah. in places where, you know, yeah. the Louisiana ground and you can see. Right pretty much anywhere if there's been something there you know you can see what all kinds of animals have been through here but you could you can't do that up there but down here we've been pretty lucky with it mm -hmm. yeah matter of fact the first time I met up with all these ladies and went out we found a, a pretty impressive uh, trackway uh, and we didn't realize at the time how good it was <laughs> Yeah. yeah, but that's uh really kind of. Yeah, they're kind of rare when you when that was that was really one, like I say. And um, so are yeah. you guys coming this year to the Honubi Festival or? Um, I'm thinking about it. I'm not sure. I don't yet. know yet. I know that Shane Church and Brian Hulen are. Yeah, speaking. yeah, <laughs> they're going to be speaking. And I, you know, I was on their show a couple of years ago, and they're a lot of fun. They they, they crack are. me up. They are a lot of fun. We have a a competition with them right now because we're going to Alabama, and they were supposed to be going somewhere in Colorado. And um, 
we had a bet with them that if we got more action, then they have to wear our shirts on their show. And if they got more actions, we have to wear theirs, you know, so. Well, that's a, that's a good deal. <laughs> yeah. So we're going to see who wins that. But, okay, but you, you, can't, you can't embellish, right? <laughs> no, 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 but we wouldn't do that anyway because we're really Yeah, sick. I know. We do, you know. Lisa, I got a, I got a question uh, for you. Sure. Your, your background, did you do that with yeah. a green screen? And Yes. Yeah. Let me take that back. It is a green screen, but it is a green screen that is built into StreamYard. Okay. Yeah, so I just put my logo up on StreamYard and made a green screen out of it. I do plan on. Well, I'm going to try, I'm going to try that because I hate having to drag stuff around, you know, so, but I like, that looks really good. Your background. That's a good job. I'm in my my storeroom. So, you know, I've got boxes and stuff stacked up in here and I'm like, I don't like that being in the background. So I found a way to stick this up there, but I do plan on getting a green screen later, but this works, you know, well, I know, and and I tried it one time using one, and I didn't like it because. But I'm gonna. I think you can get them. They're like thirty five bucks on Amazon. You can get yeah. a green screen, so I'm yeah, gonna go ahead and get my one. Son's got one. He used to do a podcast before he he had a new baby, and now little Jace takes up all of his time. So well, they do that. I may go steal his. He's not using it. Well, there you go. <laughs> I may have to fight him to get out the door with it, though, because he plans on going back to his podcast later. But I learned a lot of stuff. I panicked when I saw Lisa on screen. I wasn't ready. I was like, well, oh, yeah, I, I, well, I had Lisa earlier. Because I'm not ready I, for that. I looked at one of your other shows, the one on uh, on the, uh, oh, what is that, uh, Bright Star, or the, uh, what is that, about the false UFO? Uh, um, I can't think of the name of it. Anyway, it was episode four, and there was no video, and so that's why I texted and said, "Hey, do we have to be on camera?" And you're like, "No." I was like, "Okay, good. I don't have to drag all that stuff out." So, <laughs> oh, Project Bluebeam. That's the yeah. One. There you go, Project Bluebeam. Yeah, yeah. I, that was the last one I did. I did a well. It's funny. It, 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 it's funny. I should remember the name because. Um, some people, a corporation in the book I'm writing right now is, is getting accused of making a Project Blue Beam when they actually didn't. So, um, yeah, so I should have remembered that name. I didn't even know it was a book. I was like, where's this come from? And then I found out, oh, it's a book somebody, you know, wrote. So, you know, now I understand where it comes from and everything. I just, you know, every now and then I'll get an idea. I'll go, hmm, I'm going to look into this for myself because I don't like yeah, this. Yeah, it's interesting. It yeah, is. it is. Yeah. It is interesting, and they, like I said, they do have the technology to pull it off. Definitely find oh, yeah. some wormholes. Well, look at all that you know. They they pull off a lot of stuff on us pretty easy. Oh, <laughs> COVID's coming back. Look at oh, it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Know, it's, it's cool how you can yeah. plan a pandemic, isn't it? I know, right. <laughs> it's gonna be worse. But how the heck do you know? It's fascinating, yeah. really. Yeah, it's just fascinating. Yeah, and as viruses go, they're supposed to be less, um, have less of an impact, but affect more people as they, you know, right, right. develop into a new virus strain. But apparently this one's not doing that. It's going against all the laws of physics. <laughs> it's going to be worse and everybody's going to get it, you know. 
like what? Well, you know, I'm already I'm already <laughs> seeing people like commercials on YouTube, and people are wearing masks. And I'm like, yeah, here it comes. It, it, it's the other day, and he said, "There's." I've seen I've seen people this week wearing masks. That's what he was Have saying. You? There's people out there wearing masks, and I'm like, oh, don't start that again. I'm just gonna rebel. I'm sorry. Yeah, I rebelled last time. I'll rebel this time. And yeah, I rebelled yeah. a little bit last time. But yeah, I rebel fully this time. Uh, it's just not happening. No, <laughs> not doing it again. Yeah, I ain't playing no more. No, yeah. I'm still not taking their vaccine. I ain't playing the game no more. Mm -mm. No, nope. Uh, those who sell the panic sell the pill. There like you I go. Everybody, though, on my last podcast. <laughs> Critical thinking. Look at the details. Put it all together. You can figure out what's going on. Well, when they spread fear, when you get fear spread, you know, know. people just succumb to it. Yeah, it's, it's a powerful yep. thing. Fear is very powerful, and it will really mm -hmm. it will lead you to places that you really didn't want to go. I know that. Yep. yep. I just choose not to fear it. But you know, like I said, right. um, God's in charge of my life and not the government. So, well, you know, there you go. Right. And that's the, uh, yep. you know, and that's, that's the way to operate. Um, you know, exactly. I take a little, I take a little heat on my books, you know, the adult series, because you really can't tell on the first book, but as you get into the second, third book, you can see, you know, I'm, I write these things with a Christian viewpoint and Please. some people don't like it. <laughs> Like, well, well, you're free to well, read what you know. Yeah. Oh well, you're free to read something else. But, yeah, you know, I like the fact that you write it on a Christian. Well, heart of, yeah, heart of the quiet majority. The yeah. quiet majority. <laughs> yeah, and, yeah, but that's because yeah. we all act like Christians, and we don't go out there and jump on everybody. And mm -hmm. it's because of our Christianism, that's not. Well, how we you act. know, it, it, it's funny. Right. Yeah, because they're they all you know the the. the the narrative is we're intolerant and this and that. And it's like, well, that's coming from people who talk, you know, I'm not intolerant, you no. know, but I believe what I believe. And if you want to believe what you believe, that's fine. I'm, you know, I don't have, you know, I don't have a problem with it. And the boy, woo, especially when you get the paranormal stuff, people will come unglued on you. Oh, you're wrong. It's, you know, blah, blah, blah. And it's like, well, you know, the, the Bible is very, very paranormal. <laughs> you know, and it, we're surrounded by the paranormal yeah. in creation. So it all just kind of uh -huh. fits together if you give your brain a chance to, you know, yeah. dwell on it. The Bible from beginning right. to end is a yeah. good deal. That's, it's supernatural, the whole thing. And people just look past uh, it. I firmly believe that. A lot of it's been Actual. washed out or washed down because, yes. you know, there's faith and there's religion, you know, there's belief and there's religion and religion has hurt Christianity, you know, because there have been groups that try to control people through their religion and things like that. And, and, that's and yes, that, that, that turns people off. Mm -hmm. And I think that's what people they'll, they'll zero in on that part of it, you know, and it's, it's like, if you want me to leave your church, use the word doctrine. As soon as I hear doctrine, I'm gone. Oh, you know what? <laughs> you know? Right. Church once was because yeah. I stopped going for a few Sundays, and the preacher came to my home and wanted to know why I wasn't coming to church. 
And I was like, well, that's between me and God. That is really not any of his business. Yeah, yeah. You know? And I was like, okay, I will never go back to your church again. If you're going to come to my house because I didn't come, that's between me and God, you know? Well, did, did you cut him a check? <laughs> no, he was wanting because there were seven of us. We It was me and my husband. We had five kids. Wow, yeah. Was wanting the donation, you know, that we were given every Sunday. And we he right. wasn't anymore. Yeah. And that's what I used to hate about churches the most. I was like, church, now I know that church is not in a building. It, it is in your heart. Right. That's well, you know, is. we found this little church. It's Cowboy Church. And they don't put a they don't put a plate in front of you. There's a little box at the back of the room. If you want to give, you give. Yeah. There's you know, and and the and I love I love our pastor, young man, and he's just he's just nailing it. And it's you know, it's about faith, it's about Jesus, it's about the word, it's not about religion and yeah. you know, and it took a long time to find that little church. <laughs> you know, it took four and a half years. Oh, yeah, that sounds like a gym. Yeah. I'm doing in the future called everything your church taught you about the Bible is wrong. Well, there and you go. I'm going to be doing that one with the man who can explain it. Uh -huh. So good at it. And um, I really think I need my children to hear it because they were raised in churches, that, you know, taught you, well, this is sinful and that's sinful and you have to do this. And, you know, all of that stuff is control. You know, it's a, yeah. It's a control to get, the congregation to do what they want and the bible was not meant to be read that way it is a story of god it's the story of jesus it's not right. really the story of us it is the story of god and the story of jesus and that's the way people should read it as well you know it, it's a funny thing um on, on my first date with my wife she's a christian and she you know every morning she dives into the old torah in the bible and she um she studies ancient Hebrew and she does a lot of re, you know, she does a lot of uh, what is the word? I can't even think of the word. I belong. I write books. I got a lot of information. I know. Um, she translates, she translates <laughs> ancient Hebrew and um, man, there's some interesting stuff. And, you know, that's what's led my, my, my belief in, and, and my salvation, you know, when I first met her, I was a heathen, you know, <laughs> and when I started Relics, I was a heathen. And <laughs> funny thing, our first date, you know, um, she was asking about a book I was writing. And it took me a while to get a date. And I, and I didn't want to tell her it was a Bigfoot book. I was kind of, you know, him hawing around it. And finally, I told her, OK, it's a novel. It's about Bigfoot, but it's fiction, you know. And she said, huh. She goes. I don't know this, but I always thought if those things are real, they might have something to do with Nephilim. I don't know. And I'm like, what's what's Nephilim? And she, See, she that's did, the thing. Nobody who's even been taught the Bible knows the word Nephilim. And it's in yeah. there. It's yeah. in there. <laughs> yeah. And, but it was funny. So when I read about yeah. that, and then I started enhancing my reading and going, and I figured out, you know, well, the flood wasn't just because, man, it's sin. I mean, if that was that, we'd all be, you know, dog stroking, right. dog paddling. Right. It was to get rid of the Nephilim strain. <laughs> and we told Joshua and Caleb, kill wipe out these tribes. It was a Nephilim strain. And once I knew that, all these other lights started coming on, you know. And it, yeah. So. So many people say, well, yep. I don't like the Bible because God's so mean in there. He kills all yeah. the flood and he's, he's so vengeful. And I'm like, 
you're not getting what that really is. He's not killing people. He's killing Nephilim. Yes, exactly. Those who were trying to control us and corrupt us to save us. People don't get that. Well, they're not taught it. <laughs> you know, that's, that's and if they are, they, if they are taught it, they're saying, well, the the uh, it was the sons of Adam and the or the the sons of Seth and the daughters of Adam or daughters of Cain, sons of Cain, whatever. Yeah. It's like, no, it was the fallen angels. And once you get that, it right. all starts making sense. So, right. yeah. and so many people just read over that and don't pay attention to what they're reading. And it specifically says fallen ones. Yes, you it know, does. Created with the seed of man, the woman. You know, it's it's so clear as day, and people just nobody seems to know what it is. Like, well, that's like, um, like you know, you you guys go out hunting Bigfoot. I don't anymore. Um, I you know now I do watch for UFOs and stuff, but even there, I'm thinking that's angels. That's a long no, shot on the hunting part. Is it? Well, it always is. I mean. That's a to long me, shot. If you want to see Bigfoot, we just try to put ourselves out there. That's what you got to do. Yeah. yeah. We just put ourselves out there. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think there's any magic, um, any magic to going out and, and hunting Bigfoot. I don't think when you're out actively hunting, I don't think you'll no. encounter it. I think it's when it's the last thing on your mind, you're building a campfire, you're doing something, you're walking out to look at Mars, you know, yeah. you're, you're stuck on a mountain. Somebody told you not to get yeah. on. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> but that's when those things happen, you know, when you least expect it. I have never had anything paranormal happen when it was on my mind, ever. I know, you know? right? Yeah. But, no. you know, I did the other night. I was sitting out in my backyard, and I've never seen a real UFO. And, you know, you were talking about your fascination with UFOs. I was sitting out there and I saw this, I glanced over and saw this really bright star. And I was like, where is that star? Come, I've never seen that star before. And it was so big and bright. And then I noticed it started moving and it had been sitting in the same spot for you know a good five minutes. And then here it goes, it starts moving and it flew over my house and it made a circle. And then it parked itself back down a little ways from my house, back on the edge of the air force base, which is where it was to start with. But it went further down and set itself back on the edge of the Air Force Base and sat there for another good 30 minutes before just kind of diminishing out. Yeah. And it, it was pulsating. And as it flew over my house, I could see that it had these three white lights behind it that were like going in sequence across the back of it, like blink, 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 uh -huh. blink, blink. And it was, it was pretty cool, you know, but the light itself, the big light was like, an orangish yellow color. Okay, well, UFO I saw out here. I've seen something similar like that, it, and I thought it was a drone that I was looking at. What Air Force base are you close to? I'm sorry, Heather. I didn't mean to jump. Sorry, uh, no, Barksdale, cool. Barksdale Air Force Barksdale? Base. Okay, they're in my backyard. So, <laughs> well, you know, I've been seeing uh, things here earlier in the summer. And I thought they were satellites, you know, because you know how a satellite looks as it's coming. Right. But then they would they would stop. And then I couldn't see them. And then I'd see them again, and they were moving the opposite direction. But they stayed parked in this one small spot in the sky. Yeah. And I was the only one seeing them. And I would tell people about it. And they're like, yeah, whatever, you know. And then uh, mm -hmm. 
about a couple of months ago, we were down at some friend's house and, and my friend's wife looked up and saw one doing that. So there were, I think it was five to seven adults there and we were all watching it do this. And now I haven't seen it again since I had some other witnesses. I haven't seen it again. Well, this wow. was, this was the first time I've ever, I've lived here for over six years now and I've sit out back all the time with my dogs at night. Yeah. I'm a nice person. I've never seen anything like that. And I never, I didn't think about the fact that it could be a drone. I just know that it was sitting still and I was like, aircraft, don't yeah. that, you know, so I guess it could have been a drone. I've never seen a drone. Well, it depends on how, you know, that depends on how high it was too. You it know? was probably, uh, it was at least a thousand feet in the air and it was, it was pretty good sized. It was big. Like I said, and I saw it fly over the house, I could see that there was something black, you know, there. Right, uh, like black metal or something, but you know, I couldn't see hardly anything for the big, big brightness that was like in front of it, you know, and it was just so bright. You well, you know, I had, a, I had a sighting a couple of years ago this that, thing that I saw. Go ahead. Sorry, John, I'm lagging, so I didn't mean <laughs> to interrupt you. This thing that I saw, it like hovered and floated like a drone would, kind of in one place. And stayed there, and it was. It definitely had different orangish, reddish lights on it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, this, this one I, I saw a couple of years ago. I actually called Mufon and reported it, and um, the lady said, "Well, there was an Airbus. You know, well, I forget what model Airbus she said in that area, but it was north of you. You couldn't have seen that." I said, "No, this this was to my south." And she's like, "Well, are you sure?" And I was like. You know, until the lady, I have been an airplane nut since I was two years old. I, you know, spent all those years in the airport. I look at airplanes every night. You know, I try to figure out based on their lights, I can figure out what they are. I can yeah. tell an airplane by what sound the engines make. You know, so or I used to. I probably can't now. And I was like, this is no airplane. <laughs> yeah. yeah, my husband's like that now. He keeps telling me, "If you see it again, come get me up." You know. Yeah. That that was the other thing that made me feel like it was a drone. I could hear a humming. I got it on video. I mean, it's a horrible video, but you can definitely hear it and uh, see what I'm talking about. I'm sorry, Heather. I know you're lagging a little. I interrupted you. Um, but this thing made very little noise. Even when it flew over my house, it was very faint noise that I could hear, but it was very faint. So maybe it maybe it was a drone. I don't know. Yeah, it, it wasn't loud. What I heard wasn't loud either, no. but it was like a little faint humming. Yeah, like you would think a drone would make, you know. Well, you know, after the after the year we've had with the UFO sightings and stuff, I know. <laughs> yeah, it, it, you know, it's a good time to you know to keep looking up yeah. and yeah, stay focused on those kind of things. Well, my friend, well, my last friend, time, I'm last sorry. time we all met up, we saw the Starlink. I'm pretty sure, Lisa. Yeah. Yeah, last time uh, we were, we were. Yeah, it flew. It flew over here a couple of weeks ago, and then um, I think it flew over again this morning because somebody in Tallahena posted a picture of it, and and I I guess it it was right as the sun was coming up, and they still had a good picture of it. So that's kind of cool. That's a cool looking thing to see. It is. It's pretty interesting looking, but mm -hmm. my friend, I have a friend, Kirk, he told me to uh, report that to move on and just see what happened, you know, but, you know, he had a sighting. He was on, on my show earlier. He had a sighting of that triangle. And now that I've looked 
at some of the aircraft that we're not officially supposed to have, quote unquote. Officially. <laughs> yeah. What is it? The mm -hmm. uh, TR. TR one. 13 B or something like that. TR 13 B. It's a triangle. And it's just like the, what he saw with the plasma thing in the middle that he saw and everything. And I sent him that the other day and he was like, Oh, wow. Well, you know, it was, it was funny. I guess it was 88, 87, 88. I was stationed in Tucson and we'd been hearing about the stealth fighter and the stealth bomber for years, you know, and I, by that point I've been in about 10 years and all of a sudden one day they called the whole squadron down to the base theater and we're all sitting down and they bring up this video introducing the stealth fighter and the stealth bomber, you know, it was like, okay, so there it is. We know it's there, you know, but you, you know, and come to find out there was guys out in the squadron with me that had been crew chiefs on those things, but they couldn't talk about it until the information was released. And they're like, yeah, I was out there, you know, I worked on it for two years back when yeah. the project was black and stuff. So yeah, you know, even your average service people don't know what's out there. They're not, if they're not, you know, part of the operation, they may not know at there's, all. There's some real weird stuff that does go on. I know that. I got an uncle that was in the Air Force for years, top secret clearance, Area 51. He won't talk about anything, but he just hints to you that, yep, there's stuff. Yeah. <laughs> it. You won't get anything out of him, though. You know, I'm, I'm pretty sure he's signed a non-disclosure agreement, and he can't talk about it, and he won't. But, boy... I would love to pick his brain. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, it's funny. Um, <laughs> like Bob Lazar, nobody, you know, he went through a lot of ridicule and stuff. And now, you know, I think I posted a meme of him saying, I told you so. <laughs> yeah. And there's a, yeah, there's yeah. a man I met that I totally trust. He is um, a family member, of one of our members. He said he was on a plane with Bob Lazar before. And knows that he worked there. Oh, so, really? Yeah. And mm -hmm. I trust him completely. And if he said yeah. Bob Lazar was there, Bob Lazar was there. Yeah. Yeah. Well, there you go. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. Hmm. So, yeah. There's hmm. a lot of stuff that's hidden from mm -hmm. us. They have the reasons for it. And it's not what most people think it is. It's not to protect us. It's not to you know, protect the secrets from the other enemies. It's, I'm sure it's all about the new world order that they have, have planned. Well, they planned from the sixties, you know? Yeah. They, they may have been planning. Sooner. I don't know. I just know it's, I mean, I'm not fearful of what's going on, but if you can't see it, it it's like you're choosing not to. <laughs> right. yeah. and I know they like to say conspiracy theory and tinfoil hat. Right. And yeah. all that, but it's I like full hat. Don't talk about them. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to get them on my. Show. You can only be right so many times before it's no longer a theory, you know. Right. And there's been so many conspiracies, as they call them, that have been true, you know. Right. And mm -hmm. you look back at all those, yeah. and you, well, conspiracies come from. Well, it's pretty blatant in our faces now. Right. People don't just make up stuff. It comes from somewhere. Just like, you know, all the stories of Bigfoot and, you know, all the way back in the days, people are like, oh, those don't exist. That's just old folks tales and legends. Folks tales and legends came from somewhere. Yeah. And when you got when you've got politicians that have basically have many strokes standing at the podium because they're so old, but they will not leave because they're in power and they're <laughs> themselves. 
you know. Oh my gosh, yes, dementia. Oh my. Yeah. Well, I'm not. I'm not even just, just not even Joe Biden. To, yeah, he, he's obvious, but you know, Mitch McConnell. They're on both sides of the aisle. There's a lot of people that, that have no business up there. Oh, but yeah. We don't have term limits, and we have no control over these people. And they're trying to control, you know, micromanage our lives, and they're they're just running amok doing anything they want. You know? Right. And they they keep spewing out things to keep our pretty sure they're wearing diapers. Uh, yeah, yeah. Well, we're, you know, and they keep us yeah. at each other's throats. You know, yeah. they promote that. You know, everybody's a victim. This and that. Um, and conquer. I, I was watching the uh, U.S. Open earlier, and you know, they had a commercial about. You know, to some kind of thing about liberating women's tennis, and I'm thinking, good lord, women's tennis rocks. I mean, I'm like, you know, <laughs> well, since, like, when, yeah. since when? are they? Since when are they a victim? I mean, they're awesome. Women's tennis is awesome. You know, yeah. and I'm just like, yeah. it's just, it's just the constant drumbeat of you're a victim, you're a victim, and you're a victim. You're all victims. Yeah, we are of the government. <laughs> you know. <laughs> That got me the most the other day was I learned oh, that right. they had banned transgender women who used to be men or men who used to be women. Let me put that right. Men who used to be women that play on the women teams. You know, there's been big controversy over, you know, the swim teams and the, the soccer teams and stuff and basketball where you've got the the people that be another gender wanting to play with the women. But, you know, the other day I learned that they have banned transgenders from being in chess tournaments. <laughs> there you are. Am I back or was I gone? And I'm like, are you there? Yeah, I'm here. Okay. <laughs> Is it, yeah. I started, hey, look at that. Started talking about the elites and I got taken out. <laughs> yeah. It messed up uh-huh. the other day. <laughs> 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 is that is that you, big brother? <laughs> I'm going to get my helmet. <laughs> hey, where's that tinfoil I was talking about earlier? <laughs> yeah, no, I was saying that you know there's all this controversy over them playing on soccer and basketball and all that, and they've been trying to ban that, but then then they turn around and they just ban these transgender women from playing in women's chess games. You mean those drag queens that want to play women's women's like, sports? You're, you're going to let them play basketball, yes, or, but you're not going to let them play chess. Does that make any sense at all? No. Like, well, they think differently from men, and I'm like, okay, well, you know what? There you go. They're going to ban them from chess because the uh, the yes. your natural women, your natural born women, will probably so, beat them, <laughs> and we can't have that narrative going. You know, it's okay for them to. Be two hundred and fifty pounds muscled up and beat beat to death some little hundred thirty pound woman in wrestling, but don't yeah. let her beat you in chess. No, that won't no, that won't pass they, in there. They think differently from from women than they are different from women. Period. There you, you know? go. And I hope we didn't get your show canceled tonight. Oh no! <laughs> I, you know what? I have decided that if I put something on YouTube, it's going to be something that they don't care about. Otherwise, I'm gonna keep it on my podcasts. Yeah, they can't limit what I talk about that way because I. Well, I'm that's not good. Yeah. No, shut up by anybody for anything. Well, yeah, it, the thought just occurred to me is like, John, are you doing this lady's show any good? <laughs> so. <laughs> 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 
rule, rule one, if I'm your podcast guest, please don't ask my opinion. <laughs> Dang, John, you killed the whole podcast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no. I, I posted on Facebook today that I was going to be on your podcast and, you know, trying to get some of my book fans maybe to listen. And, and here I am trying my darndest to kill it. So sorry about that. <laughs> Time to run all your fans off. <laughs> This is why my face isn't on there. My show is completely about the truth. I don't care what it is. If it's the truth, it's the truth. You can't change the truth. You know, you can't make it what you want it to be. The truth is right. And that's what I want to get out there for everybody. People can make and by God, we're supposed to be able to do this freely. We are. We absolutely are. You're right. Right. You're right. And that's what I stand for, the truth. I don't care what yeah. anybody says. But but all right, we'll bring this to an end. I think we've been talking for yeah. over an hour now. So tell them again where they can get your books. They are at www.relicsbook.com or you can find me on uh, you can find me on Amazon, Barnes & Noble, Target, Walmart. All you got to be able to do is spell my last name. <laughs> Good luck. <laughs> Saying it's hard enough. <laughs> well, I, yeah, I was in the military. I, I haven't written, written a book. And to, to answer the van, anything. Tell me about your book again. <laughs> Mine? Yeah. It, it will be out on, um, it's going to be on Amazon Kindle and at Amazon. And then I'm going to have it on my website. Whenever it gets finished printing, I'm going to bring it to, you know, I'm supposed to be speaking, I think, at Tanya's next um, festival in and, November. Um, is it in November? <laughs> oh no, that's the paranormal in November. Next Bigfoot festival, I guess, will be May, May again. Yeah, I'm supposed yeah. to be then, so I'm going to bring it up then. Um, so right now, it's it's called a product of Bigfoot, and it's an autobiography. But um, well, I'll buy a copy. I'll be there, and I'll buy a copy. Yeah. I'll sign you a copy because you signed me once. <laughs> well, I appreciate it. But uh, I've really enjoyed speaking with you. And um, I want to let everybody else know if you want to come on the show and share anything, talk about anything, as long as it's the truth, we're open to it. And you can contact me via my website, um, cryptidsunlimitedpodcast.com, or you can email me at cryptidsunlimited at gmail.com. And I'll get back to you. But other than that, I've really enjoyed this conversation, John. I sure appreciate you coming on. I sh Well, I really appreciate yeah. you having me on. And best of luck. And Heather, it was nice talking with you, too. And you ladies have a good night. Thank you very much. You too, John. And Heather, I'm going right, to good night. So we'll be, seeing, <laughs> we'll be seeing each other pretty soon in Alabama. So <laughs> Yay. <laughs> yeah. Everybody take care. And God bless you. Okay. Good, good night. night.
never thought that I would make it I never thought that I would make it I never knew if I 